Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah Shan. Mark Kastner. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast. Joined by my co-host, Mickey Turner, Susie Rant, Tim Fox, Beth Mantle, and Dave Clark. This has been an extremely weird podcast. How are they going to be able to handle that? Just the bottom line is they don't have an answer to that. There was never really a time when I was super concerned. Seattle did fine. There's a reason they got signed the first team contract. Very special guest, Brian Spencer, head coach of CL Center. You know who he is. Brian, how are you doing? I start off, Jeremiah, by saying one thing, and this isn't my quote. I have to attribute this to Tom Dutra. He always says, tough times don't last, tough people do. Welcome back to another episode of the Center at Heart podcast. I'm Jeremiah Shan. Joining me from Mexico City following the Sounders 2-2 tie with Pumas is Nico Moreno. That was... What do you think, Nico? First of all, thanks to all of you for all the the support and, you know, following the, the content. You guys have been very active in social media and... Uh, for us doing this podcast late, late night. It is 2.30 a.m. here in Mexico City. It's exciting, man. It's exciting after uh, a crazy game that had a little bit of everything. So, yeah, man, I'm just hyped, ready to talk. Yeah, so we'll talk plenty about the game, I'm sure. But you and I had a, a unique experience. We were seated in what was essentially an auxiliary press area, I think we can fairly say. And essentially, we were in the stands. We were kind of behind the... If you saw the stadium, it was split into two decks, the lower deck and then well, second deck, whatever. And we were in the back of the first deck. And we, and being... And this is a concrete structure. It is all... I mean, it is... all. I mean, it's all concrete. And volcanic stone, as you... We're so pleased to discover today. The, the way I explained it to some of my friends uh, later on uh, after the game was that it felt like it felt like a hockey penalty box <laughs> without the glass. Yeah, that's a good with, analogy. You know, made out of concrete. You know, the chairs, everything around it, no outlets, no no anything. Yeah, we had no phone. <laughs> we had, could not use our internet because we just couldn't get online. We had no power outlets, so we're using like my computer to charge our phones. And, and there was no Wi-Fi, there, honestly, yeah, there, not for us. Right. No, so we couldn't really even use our phones that much. We were taking pictures and videos and whatnot, and we've posted a few of those now. But it was – so, like, from a working perspective, it was not the best experience. I mean, I would say it was it was maybe the, the worst working conditions I have experienced covering the Sounders, uh, which is admittedly a kind of high bar. Like, we were spoiled sometimes in MLS in that way. But from an atmosphere perspective – I honestly would take the trade. It it was amazing. It because of where we were, we were so there was a, essentially a concrete roof. We're surrounded. We're in a concrete cave, essentially, and so I'm sure it was louder where we were than it was like out on the field. But where we were, it was literally deafening. You and I had to yell in each other's faces in order to talk. Yeah, no, and, and uh, you talked about it after the game, and I thought you had a great point in that it wasn't just the. Uh, what, what forty six thousand? I, I I don't have the my notes on me right now, but that group of people could not have been that loud. But it was just how consistent mm-hmm. the amount of, of of screaming and shouting and 
chanting and, you know, their uh, Goya, Goya, Urara, everything was just so consistent uh, that it creates a, a great atmosphere. We talked to Freddie Juarez uh, after the game and he was telling me, look, you take out that track and nobody can play in that stadium because it's that loud. I mean, obviously the um, the track around the field creates a, somewhat of a buffer zone yeah. f for the players on the field, but the crowd did a great job. I honestly go home uh, very uh, shocked and, and surprised at how amazing the atmosphere was. I was really... Uh, not under uh minding but uh perhaps underestimating uh the quality that the crowd could provide in a stadium that is really not built to carry noise so yeah absolutely credit to the Pumas fan base it was exciting i saw a kid that might have been like six years old booing the uh, sounders the starting, introduction yeah starting lineup that i mean the, some of the videos that we got are just great we're gonna have to share but yeah just fantastic atmosphere overall and i think one of the things that really struck me about it is especially right now when there is this perception that liga mx is like has dangerous stadiums And has and the reputation isn't really great. I mean, it's really tied to, uh, you know, a couple bad incidents. And I, I mean this in all sincerity. There was not a single moment at that stadium. We are in the crowd. We are surrounded by fans. At no point did I feel any less safe than I do when I'm in the press box at, uh, at Providence Park. You know, it was, you know... People were excited. They were chanting. They were booing at. They were booing the ref when the when the uh, call went the wrong way. They were, you know they were you know we saw some beers being thrown off of the second deck. But that's all. I mean that's like baby. That's nothing. That's none of that is bad. That is just people being excited. And I thought the other thing I was so I was so amped up by was the variety like the the uh, the makeup of the crowd. It was families. It was young people. It was college students. It was twenty-somethings. It was uh, professionals. It was every, I mean, it was all walks of life, uh, and and it was just people were pumped. Uh, they were there to see. I mean, they they. I I think the thing that I I came away maybe the single most impressed thing was is how many like I didn't understand what anyone was what was starting the chance. They all of a sudden, it seemed like they just erupted organically and in unison. I don't, maybe there was some cue that I wasn't seeing. Yeah, there, there was a couple of cues. There was a cue from uh, whatever uh, audio manager the stadium has that uh, played a video with the mascot and uh, kind of like an alarm. And then oh, that's yeah, when they would right. chant. Okay. Uh, and then there was one that just the supporter groups would call and it was kind of like a <laughs> oh, and they would start whistling okay. and then that's whenever and once enough people started whistling then they take off so yeah. it's very structured uh, it was, you know it, it even was, the anthem did you enjoy so much oh. I mean, they just had a lot of cool aspects about the game and you know the thing i liked about the anthem was that it wasn't like the mexican which i mean i would have been fine if they didn't the mexican national anthem But it, they were doing the, the university anthem. This is a, a team that is part of the university. And I just, I don't know, I thought that was really cool. And everyone was into it. And uh, I mean, I, I mean this sincerely. 
at two one, like at two zero, I was like, I was like, gosh, was this really worth coming out here? But it was. It was still worth it. At two one, I'm like satisfied. And at two two, I almost felt bad at two to walk out of that. I almost felt like we were taking too much home because I felt like I took a great experience that we're also taking a, a even score is even crazier. Uh, but let's talk about the game a little bit. Uh, I was just looking at the stats. The Sounders actually had the XG advantage, uh, which I guess maybe shouldn't be too surprising because they had two penalties. But even from open play, they had a slight advantage of about they had they, they probably had generated about one goal worth of of XG uh, from open play, and uh, and Pumas only generated about half a goal from open play and XG. Uh, you know that's getting into some. We don't need to get into XG, but I. My point is that the Sounders actually created some decent chances. They didn't do a great job of putting them away, though. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I thought that they generated uh, a lot of chances in the first half. I still hold my ground in the fact that uh, Pumas had uh, the, the better chance of the first half, although it wasn't as great as I initially thought at the stadium after we actually reviewed the tape. Uh, we looked at the highlights, uh, and Rogero gets a, a decent shot, not, not a lot of power, but Stefan Fry does have to make a save. Yeah. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, I was I was surprised that they had 50, 56% of the possession. The Sounders, yeah. The, the Sounders, Sounders had a possession. Yeah, they, they, they won too. that. And I was surprised because from our advantage point in that stadium, uh, it just didn't quite seem like that. Okay. I thought that the rain uh, and the conditions made it a little bit sloppy early on. And Pumas was being very physical and the... Referee, who I thought did a decent job, yeah, you was know, he, allowing a lot of play, but he did. He was consistent. He was consistent, and I like that. If yeah. you're gonna take, if you're gonna go one way or another, be consistent on both sides. And I thought the referee did that. And I would say, really, my gripes were small. I think he got the big calls right. Uh, I, I think we can maybe debate the penalty against Ariaga. Uh, basically, what happens is the attacker gets the ball first, but then. Ariaga gets the ball before he gets the man. I don't. I, I. I think that's maybe a little bit more of a a fifty fifty call. And I'm not. I'm not broken up about it. I have to tell you though on the on Stephen Fry's save, hundred percent the right call. Yes, he's way off his line. There's not really any argument there. That's how it goes. Uh, and I thought both penalties were deserved for the Sounders. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like on the the what they were reviewing on the first penalty was it looks like Ariaga kind of pushed off on his man I think that's a good no call um I you know it, it would have been pretty harsh I think to give that on on VAR uh, essentially uh it's definitely a handball to me and then on the the second one I don't know he kicks well down in the chest yeah it's just it's a, a dumb penalty it is it is unnecessary uh, I think the defender gets uh, impatient and uh, just, you know, goes for maybe what he thought was the ball and completely misses. Uh, whatever he was trying to do was yeah. just uh, ill-advised. It was bad technique. It was the bad uh, moment of the game. And, uh, you know, he gives the referee every single tool he needs to call that a PK. So uh, well, the jo- job well done by the referee. Yeah. Uh, and in I think if there were gripes about the referee, it was... I don't know if it was even anything he was doing. I mean, like, Roldan took a few hard tackles. I guess none of them got yellow cards. Maybe you can argue they should have been yellows. But, I don't know, he was... I, I thought the ref actually did yeah, okay. I no, don't he know was consistent. Like I said, he was a long play. Uh, 
do I think that referees should try to be more cautious about sure. making sure that players are not getting hurt and that's you know priority number one? Yes, but at least he was consistent. I'm not saying he was the greatest referee, and I'm not you know rating him at a ten or anything like that. I just thought he did a good job for the situation, for the magnitude of the game, and in his consistency of just allowing it to go both ways. Yeah, I I, I would totally agree with that. Uh, and then, I guess, I don't know if there's much else to say about the game. I will say, I, talk, I asked Will Bruin uh, what how bad the field was, and he, he said that he, he thought that the rain actually helped, because uh, they had trained on it the day before. There were a bunch of, they were kind of complaining about there being dead spots on the field, and the grass seemed like it was left a little bit long. So they were saying, and the, it sounded like it was draining really well, and that if anything, the rain just sort of sped the ball up, which... I think the Sounders prefer. So, um. yeah, no, I think. Uh, look, I, I, I'll say this. Uh, first of all, uh, credit to Pumas as well. They really came out to play. Uh, I thought that uh, they did their part to uh, really create that. Uh, the Nino goal is fantastic. Yes, the cross, a, the technique, yes. the, the the way he just rises. Uh, I think Yamar could do better. Uh, I think he missed times that uh, for sure. I'm sure that if he could have that back, he would. Uh, the tactics were there. I was surprised that Diogo came off when he did. I thought Lilini perhaps got a little bit overconfident or tried to just, you know, close it out and, and wasn't too worried about attacking. And I think that was counterproductive for what the team was doing because Diogo was a. You know, one of the the better players and more uh, threatening players on the field. On the Sounders side, I think you got to give Lodero a lot of credit for having the composure to shoot back to back penalty kicks. It's not easy. I don't know if you guys ever have taken a PK, but at any level, it's extremely difficult. That alone, with forty thousand plus fans yelling and screaming, arguments with the, the goalkeeper, goalkeeper Talavera who was chirping at Nico. Nico was chirping back. And he uh, almost saves the first one. And he almost saves it. He's a good keeper. He's done it for forever. I mean, he's one of those legendary Mexico yeah, uh, keepers. So definitely credit to Nico. But when he came to uh, the play, the 90 minutes, I think there were lapses where he struggled. Uh, he wasn't as crisp with, with the ball, not as precise. Uh, but in the very way that Nico always plays, he gives it all. Uh, very smart, always trying to push, and uh, in those lapses where perhaps he always uh, he had a, a bad pass, he always came back, he always tried to regain possession, and then the next following play, he would do better. So uh, not his greatest game. I think Brian said it very well. The, the team did not perform to their best potential or to the best of their abilities, but the fact that Yes, the Sanders team did not play their best soccer, and they were still able to come up with a 2-2 draw with a closing game at Lumen. I mean, it's a great result. It is a great result. I, I think that it's, I, it is, you know, yes, you'd like to win. Obviously, you, you would prefer to win this. But if you had told anyone with the Sanders, you're going to come home 2-2, take it in a second. And no, away goals do not count as a tiebreaker, so there is... Like it's not quite as good of a result as it would have as it as it might have seemed in that way, but I think the two two is important in that it gives the Sounders some more confidence. Like in a way, it's better than zero. I think it's a better result than zero zero. Uh, they they generate generated plenty of chances in this game, like I said, uh, and it was you know I, I think 
that they didn't play their best and they still arguably uh, created the better chances, I think that's got to be an encouragement. Yeah, and I got to give a lot of credit to Brian as well, and I'm just Mister just throwing credit. You get credit. You get credit. Everybody gets credit. But, but Brian Smetzer on the sidelines, always making sure that the guys stayed focused. Uh, Yamar gets a, a silly yellow card as well for arguing uh, in in a bad moment. Uh, there were obviously the Nico situation, which escalated after he scores that second goal. He uses, I'm pretty sure, was another ball that wasn't even a game ball yeah. to put under his uh, shirt. It took forever. Be- absolutely, because his wife is going to give birth in May, and it's obviously a celebration that is known across the soccer world. But it was it did take some time, and Talavera goes and let him have it. Uh, so with all of those things going on, I thought Brian stayed very composed and making sure that the guys understood that there's an objective at hand and a yellow or a red card is not what you need when you're going into Lumen Field to close this down, right? On the And on, on the opposite end for Pumas, they did lose a good player in Alan Moso who came off with what looked like a, you know, I don't know, a, a, a tough injury. I mean, it was in the first uh, half. So it was it in the first even, half, yeah. It wasn't nothing. Yeah, I, I forget what happened, but I want to say that Arriaga kind of falls on him. It's a foul uh, against Pumas, but the way that Arriaga falls, he kind of falls on uh, Mosul's leg, and, and he comes up immediately in a stretcher, never comes back in. So that's something to look at that we're going to be following very closely because Mosul is a very good player for this team. Uh, so, hey, all in all, I think Seto comes out with a big smile, and, and Brian had it in yeah. the in the uh, press conference. Yeah. You saw it. As soon as he came in and sat down, he had a big grin. I think he knew what this game really resulted in. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. Uh and we should probably touch on what happened at the end of the game. Uh, I, I don't think a lot of people on TV saw what happened. It sounds like they cut out before. But there was a pretty lengthy exchange uh, among a lot of players and coaches. And from what we can tell, the uh, at the center of it was Talavera and Ladero mm-hmm. going at it, uh, that con- kind of continuing their jawing that started on the penalties and discontinued. And it and it looked like Ladero was ready to get his piece. Like yeah. he wasn't look he wasn't shying away from anybody. And that sort of is partly it was what kept it going is that he he wasn't really looking to like walk away. He no. he was ready to talk back. No, yeah. Look, uh, Ladero is one of the nicest guys I know. One of the classiest. You guys have seen it. We've all experienced it for as long as he's been in Seattle. But he's got that charrua in him. He's not going to, you know, back down for absolutely nobody. And uh, he, he was ready to go. I mean, he, he was just standing his ground. And uh, Yamar was trying to pull him back. I think Mad Winters might have got in there. Yes. Mad Winters, you know, the PR for Seattle. He might have got in there trying to help out and calm him down. So, yeah, it, it's great. I, I thought it was good that Brian talked about the way – the team did surround Nico, you know, right. just is the unity, that camaraderie in these types of games, whether it's CONCACAF, CONMEBOL, uh, you need that. There's going to be that bickering. There's going to be those moments where you got to step up for your teammate. And, and I thought they did it in the correct way. I'm not saying be violent or nothing. No, I'm just no. saying stand your ground. No, and there was no, no one was throwing punches. It right. was just a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and, and That's you know, and I think that there, we saw a frustrated Pumas team, a, a Pumas team who knew they had a two-zero lead at home, and 
and they blew it. They, they, you know, the Sounders, I think, get credit for creating that first penalty, but they had created other chances before that, and they, uh, and then Pumas gave gave away the last penalty. They had no one to blame but themselves. Uh, so, like from an on-field perspective, I think the Sounders have to be feeling very good about going into the second leg. I looked at the seating map uh, for the uh, final. It looks like tickets picked up a lot uh, after the game. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't. I, the number I keep hearing the Sounders say they are confident in is beating the CCL final record, which is sixty-one thousand and change. Uh, my estimates were somewhere in the fifty-two to fifty-five thousand range. Uh, prior to the game today. Looking at it, I would guess it's probably closer to 58 right now. So, you know, it's getting pretty close. Uh, I, I think there's going to be a, a really good, there is going to be a really good crowd. And I think the Sounders have to feel really good about their chances. Now, it was brought up in the press conference, and it's and it's fair. Uh, Pumas always seems to be at their best when their backs are against the wall, and their backs are very much against the wall right now. Yeah, and Seattle has to be aware of that. However, Seattle is also very resilient. They showed up today. And uh, at home, at a venue where in CCL tournament, they have been unbelievable against great competition. 11 to 1, they've outscored their opponents at home. 11 to 1. That's a great stat and and something that we got to keep in mind. But you guys as fans, everybody has to make sure that they're doing their part to get more people out there. Look, I have people, friends of mine, who are not soccer people that... I've already got them on. They're getting, you know, those 300-level tickets, but they're going. My mother-in-law's going. My go. father-in-law's going. I mean, get, get everybody out there. I mean, this is a big fuck freaking game. This is what you it's can, about. It's a big fucking game. There I you can go. say it. Wonderful. Big fucking game. We're it, recording at 3 in the morning. You can say <laughs> it. It's a big fucking deal, and I really want that to be reflected at the stadium because after being part of this crowd, Jeremiah – Seattle has to step up and I do their agree. job. I, we, no, I agree. I, I think that's a great point. Like, we take a lot of pride in the atmosphere we create. And I got to tell you, we, to, we, need to st- we have to step it up. We need to get the whole stadium doing some of these chants. That's the thing that I was most blown away by. Mm-hmm. Is like, if, at least from where we were. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe it wasn't. But no. it felt like the whole stadium was doing these chants. And we got to get to the point where we're, we got at least a couple of those that everyone's doing. And this is a such a good opportunity. I'm so pumped about this final right now. Uh, I am buzzing after this. Maybe it's the tacos. Maybe it's the cervezas. But uh, we've had some great food here. This has been a wonderful trip. We're uh, heading back tomorrow. Uh, I'm I'm excited to kind of unwind and get focused again on on life in Seattle. But for two days, this was a great this was a great little trip. It was fantastic, man. They, it just had absolutely everything. Uh, you know, we had sunny days, uh, sunny moments because it did kind of rain, and then there was sun. Oh, it was beautiful today it was, up until it, was, it started raining. Exactly, it was just great. We had good food. Uh, the content that we got and we gathered was amazing. You know, it was a shout out to Alex and Matt for really helping us out and guiding us in unusual territory. We were not from here. We. Struggled to get in to the stadium yes. at times. Yes. Where the Uber dropped us off. We're trying to get in. Uh, so, yeah. And this is me just, guys, 
if I was uh, listening and I wasn't able to come to this game, I wanted, I would like to know everything that happened around it, and that's what we're giving you guys here tonight. Yeah, no, it, and it was uh, I'll, I'll, to give some more behind the scenes kind of looks. We ended up basically walking around the entire stadium because we went the wrong way to get to the the press entrance, and we realized that. Every inch of that stadium is covered by volcanic stone, and there are these random stairways that go uh, into like grottos and into dark corners. <laughs> and uh, and you're walking around in the in uh, like leather bottomed shoes in the in on volcanic stone stairway. Uh, I was a little scared for you, I'll admit. Uh, but then you know you get into the stadium and they walk you through the it's just tunnels after tunnels after tunnels and catacombs and moats and <laughs> uh, I mean it's just like this it's an old stadium with a lot of history and uh, apparently it's protected by uh, they they don't want to make too many changes because it's a UNESCO World Heritage Site and and I can appreciate that but man if I was going to games there every week I think it would drive me a little crazy yeah it'd be, it'd be difficult to make that your uh, everyday you know. Hats off to the fans that do do that. Right. Man, it ain't easy getting there. It ain't easy sitting in those chairs either. Oh, can you imagine the, the con- concrete benches? Yeah, yeah. We talked about this yesterday, but man, it's uh, it's it's a it's. I mean, those those are rough. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it's exciting. Uh, it's definitely a good game. Uh, no injuries at all uh, for the for the Seattle team. Uh, obviously, uh, they're gonna. Uh, the uh, decompress once they get home. I'm sure the guys will get a couple of days off. There's no game this week, so it should be all good for them to just focus on this second leg that is going to be historic for the club, and uh, I'm sure it's going to be one great game. Yeah, you know, I guess my last takeaway from the game was in my notes, uh, it, I wrote, Sounders are going to need to suffer if they're going to win this. And I think that's true. That's that's something MLS teams have to like get comfortable in. Is they have to get comfortable in suffering a little. And I at the time when I was talking about the pouring rain, pouring rain early on, and then I was talking, and I and then I was like looking at this crowd, which was gonna, which was much more intimidating than I had anticipated from a like a loud perspective. Uh, and then the other thing was. Uh, two players who we weren't expecting to play, two key players for Pumas, Dineno and Lopez, both started and did not look at all hurt. Nope. And and, and this was information that that was gathering within, you know, and everybody has their sources. And, you know, I have mine and Mexico media has theirs. And it really, they did a good job at either lying about it or keeping it down low. I'm not, I'm not sure, but Dineno did not look... Any bit of injured today. No, I mean, he, he did was not. fantastic in hold up play. He was fantastic yeah, he's a, in the he's final a good third. He, he's dangerous. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. Uh, and I didn't notice Lopez as much, but I didn't. He didn't seem like he was uh, really struggling either. Uh, what are you going to be looking for in this second leg? What What are some What are some areas that Sounders have to get better in? Yeah, well, definitely transition and and. Uh, they were they weren't being decisive when once they switched the point of attack. Uh, it was a bit slow today. Uh, once again, I think Lodero would tell you though this wasn't his best game, and he's such a key connector in that final third that he needs to be crisp. And there were moments where um, I agree with Brian that we were impatient 
with the ball. Uh, there are times where sometimes just uh, resetting and uh, dropping that ball back can be the better play to switch the point of attack one more time and catch the defenses off balance. Uh, we both thought that uh, Seattle has the the tools, the players, uh, to really stretch out that defense, that speed is, is something that Seattle can really use on their uh, for their advantage, yeah. uh, but they could do it better. So being more effective in those moments in transition have to be key. Uh, and staying put defensively, uh, you saw what Dineno can do. So playing him a lot, sh- a lot closer, making sure that you deny him service. Because tonight, yes, he didn't have a lot of options, but I, I also thought that it had a lot to do with Mosul going out, that he's one of those guys that is their better service players uh, into the 18. And the fact that he wasn't there really affected the squad. And then Diogo coming off was also part of that. So if those two players are in, or even if it's just Diogo, you're going to have to do a better job and making sure that you uh, cancel service for him. Yeah, I, I would say my biggest takeaway from this is, in a lot of ways, it's exactly what we thought it was. The Sounders are a more talented team. They're more physically, uh, they're a faster faster team. They're a bigger team, I think. You can go down the list, but I, I think the one thing that maybe we underestimated was Puma's resilience. They, uh, they just seem to know how to get it done. And the Sounders got a little, I think I'll, I have to consider themselves a little lucky uh, anytime you get a VAR-assisted uh, penalty in the 95th minute or whatever it was, uh, I think you have to consider yourself a little bit lucky. Yeah. Uh, even if it was a, you know, I think a, a 2-2 result on balance was probably fair. But I, I think they have to put Pumas away early. Uh, they don't want to be going late into the game with the result very much up in the air. And uh, Pumas is a team that clearly believes in itself. Uh, they are... They are not going to be just not going to just roll over, and I think that was maybe we talked ourselves a little bit into that. Yeah, uh, no, and that they, they aren't. They're, they're a proud team. They're gonna they're gonna put in a real effort, and I suspect they're gonna have a good crowd. They're gonna probably have a, a good cra- crowd. I think, and uh, like there's gonna be a, a good contingent of Pumas fans in Seattle on uh, yeah on Wednesday, which I hope I hope there's a good contingent of them um, because I I think that's what th- this tournament deserves and. I'm excited to. I, I'm just glad that we have everything to play for. Like yeah. I think that's the ideal situation. I, I'm confident the Sounders will get it done. But yeah, I will um, say that my uh, prediction was one-one. Two-two right, is yeah. just as good. Yeah, uh, it is uh, favorable, and, and it just leaves everything back at zero. Um, I think that in the next game, I don't want Seattle to be reckless, but I do want them to put Pumas more under heels. Alex they didn't press not, yeah, They didn't press as high as we thought they no, were. No, they did not, and they and I don't. I think part of that is there weren't as many opportunities to do it. Yeah, but they they were not they were not pressing uh, the mm-hmm. way that we've seen them press. They 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 were not pressing as a team. It was oftentimes freelancing of of Nico or uh, Christian or whoever else. Uh, and so I think that's one thing that maybe and maybe that was purposeful. Maybe like. Who, who knows? With the conditions, yeah, with the I mean, altitude, I don't know. Right. I, I, I'm just kind of thinking, I guess, that maybe the, the game didn't manifest it, it itself, so that would be the best approach. Uh, but I do want to see it, and, and I do want to see Alex Rodin getting forward more. He didn't do that often, or not as often as he typically does. And uh, I love his service into the box. He's one of the uh, better crossers in, in, crossers in, in, the, in the team. Um, and I didn't think that him and 
Christian did enough of those overlapping runs that we usually see from them. I also saw Christian kind of have to go inside more uh, in the in the 10 roll at times. And I think they were just trying to do a lot to break things down. Uh, so I just want to see them a little bit more purposeful. But um, this is going to be a good game. And, and I think that this team is up for it. And whenever you, you dodge a bullet and you don't play your best game, the next one is for you to just play your best soccer. And that's what I expect from this team at Lumen Field on May 4th. Absolutely. Well, that's a good place to end this. Nico, I want to say that uh, doing this trip with you was a treat, and um, I'm really glad that we were able to do this together. This was, uh, uh, you know, it was one of my most memorable away trips that I've ever been able to do, and I had a great time, and um, I hope to be back in Mexico City at some point. It's, a, it's an amazing city. Yeah, I mean, likewise, man. This was amazing. It was a great trip. Uh, hanging out with you is just dope and makes us closer. I think this podcast has come out fire because we've been kicking it that chemistry like the sounder has been getting better so yeah no absolutely from eating tacos to making podcasts has been great all right all right well uh this is the sounder at heart podcast i'm jeremiah shan signing off for nico moreno uh by the way el rolo nw is uh nico's twitter handle make sure you're, you're following him if you're not already uh and otherwise we'll catch you next time